Let's pray together. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we thank you uh, for your work in our lives, and we thank you um, for working in our lives today, Lord. There's not a day that goes by um, where we cannot rely on your presence, um, your truth, and your goodness uh, to affect our lives and influence our lives. So, Lord, we praise you for that. Uh, and as we dig into this series a little bit more today, Lord, uh, about your church, what it is, why it's important, we pray, God, that you would open our eyes uh, and move us to action, Lord, as your people, as the hands and feet, uh, the body of Jesus Christ. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, it's good to be with you all. So we're continuing this series called Love Your Church, and we're talking about what the church is, why it exists, and why it matters to all of you. Why it matters that you participate in the church and thrive in the church as we roll into this fall in our 125th anniversary and our vision theme of Thrive we are articulating and highlighting our own desire to thrive. We wanna thrive as people in our individual lives, our family lives, and our households. We wanna thrive as a church community, and we wanna thrive as a community that we serve and minister to, um, and even support the gospel proclamation to the ends of the earth. So last weekend, Allison talked about how church is a place of belonging, how it's a place of welcoming, and she had everybody during the welcome say, you belong here, and how true is that, right? You belong here. Not just in, you're supposed to be here right now, because a lot of you can't be, right? But you belong. You have a purpose. You have a calling. You belong in a local church. Um, even if you don't normally worship with Emmanuel and you're just visiting like Kevin, you still belong in the body of Christ. And there's this important reality that we see in the scriptures. A church is a place where people experience welcome. Allison talked about that last week as well. Not on a conditional level of welcome, as in like, you get your life together and then we will welcome you. That's not the kind of welcoming Jesus displays in the Gospels. And we're not welcoming on a transactional level, as in, pay your dues and then we will welcome you. We're not a health spa, right? The body of Christ is not transactional like that. But we are a welcoming body as unconditional love of Christ expressing Christians who have experienced the love of God on a huge level in our lives, and now we are going to welcome other people into it. That's what the church is called to be. So this is the step two here in a month-long unpacking of what it means to love Jesus and love the body of Christ, to love his church. So today we're talking about two other principles in this, and the first one is that the church is a place that we gather. Really ironic today that we would have rain and most of you would be on live stream, right? Really ironic. The church is a place we gather. And I hope as I'm preaching, you're like, man, I wish we could have all been there today. Good. That's a really good, healthy feeling to have. When we miss out on the gathering of the body of Christ, I hope we do miss it. There's other good things we do and times we have to be away, but I hope we miss it. So the church is a place that we gather. And, and now I don't want to say the building is the church, right? It's great to have the tool of a building, but the church is the people gathering together. That's what worship historically has always been about. Now, historically, Christians and faithful Jewish people, even way before Jesus, they always had this set-apart time to gather as the people of God. They had a set-apart time. And for early Christians, it was the first day of the week. And for us, it's also the first day of the week. Now, you could argue culturally that's changed a lot. I would agree with you. Uh, the sort of influence that Christianity had on this country uh, has waned in many ways. And Sunday morning is not as set-apart for some as it used to be. But it is still a time that definitely can be set-apart. And it should be set apart for us to gather as God's people. And it shouldn't be the only time that we set apart uh, to be part of the body of Christ. We don't want to give up on meeting together, as the scriptures implored us this morning. Being together is really, really important. 
And I hope you feel that this morning and understand that as it's reiterated over and over in the scriptures, as God's people come together for a number of different reasons. So the biblical call to gather, it is instrumental to our understanding of God's desires for his church and our purpose as a church. Gathering together is an opportunity to do a number of things. Uh, First, again, we remember, it's not the building. It's not coming to the building. That's not what gathering is. It's the people coming together. Second, we recognize that we are not alone in this thing called life. We're not alone in our walk with Jesus. We have people that God has placed in our lives on purpose to do it with us and to walk with us. So that's one of the main, huge, awesome purposes of the church is to be there for one another. Coming together regularly is a much-needed reminder and a grounding for us in a world of shifting sand and relativism, that there is something that is true, that is constant, and it is built on Jesus Christ. Not only are we not alone in person-to-person, right, Uh, but we are also not alone in our relationship with God. And gathering together as a people of God is an awesome time, a really good time, and an intentional way to remember God's presence in our lives and to hear stories of God's presence in other people's lives. From our Hebrews 10 text this morning, we heard, since we have a great high priest who rules over God's house, let us go right into the presence of God with sincere hearts, fully trusting him. Now we can experience God's presence anywhere, right? The Holy Spirit goes with us works in us, through us, any day, anywhere, anytime. But there's some power when we come together and recognize it at the same time, in the same place, and share that experience with one another. So that's important. Third, we gather to hear the proclamation of God's word and to be reminded of his grace and his forgiveness. In 2 Timothy 4.13, Paul instructs Timothy to be devoted to the public reading of scripture. If you've been to a lot of different kinds of churches or church services, the scriptures typically are playing a very prominent role in those church services, right? Because we're devoted to it. And we're certainly devoted to that here at Emmanuel. Because faith comes and is strengthened through hearing the good news of Jesus Christ. And through hearing God's plan to work in us and through us in our lives. And a huge part of that word of God uh, is about the gospel of the grace of Jesus Christ, right? Again, from our Hebrews text today, we heard this. For our guilty consciences have been sprinkled with Christ's blood, to make us clean, and our bodies have been washed with pure water. What a blessing it is for us when we gather as the church to be reminded of those things. Now, I don't know about you, but my own shortfalls, my own shame that I experience, my own um, sin, my own frustrations, my own burdens, those things can get pretty heavy. And maybe you experience that as well, and maybe you are even today. And I don't just want to be reminded of God's grace. I need to be reminded of God's grace. Even on the days when I don't think I want to, I still need it. And as we gather as a church, we get that. We get to hear God's word proclaimed. We get to hear his forgiveness spoken over us. We get to hear the value of repentance and following Jesus and taking his great commission seriously. And we have a purpose. And we have a role to play in the kingdom of God. We need that reminder. There's a whole lot of other things I could talk about when we talk about gathering as the church. Uh, Laughing together, singing together, praising together, celebrating the sacraments. Holding each other accountable, that is an act of worship as well. But for now, let's simply sit with this. Uh, It is of the utmost importance that Christians today, in our culture especially here in the United States, do not give up meeting together. We need each other. We need encouragement from each other. And we need regular reminders that we are not alone in a lonely world. So gathering is one we're touching on today. The other one we're touching on today is church is a place where we come to care for one another and to be cared for by one another. 
Pastor Stefan spoke about this at the end of June. He talked about the resurrected church cares for one another. And then Pastor Christian Huntley came a couple weeks ago from LCMC. He talked about how the resurrected church does life together. All of these things are all over the scriptures that we've been looking at. Did you know that one of the hallmarks of the early church in Acts was their incredible and countercultural way of caring for one another? Being a brother and sister in Jesus Christ was better, even closer than being family, than being blood flaming. They were, they were welcomed into something uh, that showed an unconditional desire to work for the best for each one in their community. As Allison read last week in Acts, the early church, they prayed together, they prayed for each other, they shared, they encouraged, they provided very real hands-on care for the widows, the orphans, the sick, and the outcasts from their culture. And now our culture today is just as imperfect, just as broken as the one that they lived in there. Our culture is cutthroat, it is individualistic, and sadly most people in our culture will not be inconvenienced to care for somebody else. And unfortunately that mentality is in the churches as well. Are we willing to be inconvenienced to care for one another as Jesus calls us to care for one another? Something to chew on maybe today. And I pray that as a church in this place that God has called us to be, that we can reclaim, that we can rediscover the reality of what God calls us to do with and for each other as the body of Christ. Caring for each other means that we're going to allow the Holy Spirit to produce fruit in us and that other people are going to benefit from that fruit and that we're going to benefit from the fruit of other people caring for us, fruit that the Holy Spirit is working and producing. Galatians 5 talks about the fruit of the Spirit. You've probably heard this before, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against these things, there is no law. So no matter how we may be persecuted as a church, we can't be persecuted for those things. And we can't be shut down for showing those, those spiritual fruits. And if those fruits or that fruit is present in us and, and growing us, if it's in you and growing you, you will be led to care for each other in a way that is consistent with how Jesus cares for every one of us. You'll become the hands and the feet of Jesus Christ to serve those that Jesus loves. Caring for one another also means that we deal with each other's sin and imperfections and burdens in a loving way, in a gentle way that is consistent with Jesus' heart and the love he has shown us and consistent with the teachings of the scriptures. So in our Galatians 6 text this morning, we heard Paul telling this church that we are to gently and humbly help the person who has been overcome by sin. Gently and humbly. Paul says that we are to share each other's burdens and that we are showing obedience to God when we do that. And he warns them, this is important I think for us, he warns them in Galatians 6.3, the NIV translation says, if anyone thinks they are something when they are not, they deceive themselves. The New Living Translation, I like how this puts it in context today. If you think you are too important to help somebody, you're only fooling yourself, you're not that important. See, the church then and the church now always has issues. People sort of come to a, a level where they think maybe they don't need to be helping that person there or somebody who's below them. But let me tell you, some of the most faithful leaders in the church that I have come to know in my life have been the ones that have no, no sort of like pride, hubris about them. They are willing to get down and serve in whatever way is necessary that God calls them to serve. At Bible camp, that looks like a camp director cleaning toilets. Literally, it's what it looks like. Here at the church, it, it might be one somebody on staff grabbing a vacuum uh, when the custodian can't make it to clean up the building. Or, or the custodian this morning removing the bat from the building. You're welcome, everybody. Yeah, Allison just found out there was a bat in the church this morning. 
Yes. I got a picture to prove it, but the picture was taken outside, proving that the bat was outside. So anyway, don't let that stop you from coming to fellowship later. The bat's gone. So what Paul is getting at here, right? What Paul is getting at here, it is, far too often, it is our own sinful pride. It is our pride that keeps us from caring one another as Jesus has called us to care for one another. It's what keeps us from being the church. It's what keeps us from being part of a church that we really want to see and be a part of. The church is meant to be a place where you can share your struggles and you can find love and grace and someone to walk alongside you to overcome them. And if you never share your struggles, or if you don't think you have any struggles, you're missing out on the most amazing thing that God offers us through his body, togetherness, community, the reminder that we are to each other, that God loves us and cares for us and has called us to something bigger than our own struggle and our own lives. And on the flip, if you never get to know anybody here in our church or in the faith well enough to know what their struggles are, how can you really care for them? How can you share their burden if you won't take the time to get to know what it is? How can you be a source of encouragement and godly love to somebody if you don't take the time to really get to know what they're going through? Friends, God is calling his people and us here at Emmanuel to live this out on a different level than maybe what we've experienced in the past. In many churches, there's become an unhealthy reliance on a few people to do all of the caring, right? Whether that's the pastors or the staff. Uh, but God actually calls everyone in the body to care for everyone in the body. And our roles are going to be different and our gifts are going to be different. But we're all part of the same body of Christ. In fact, each of you is called to care for each of you. Don't let that be overwhelming to you. God gives us an incredible mission and a purpose in his body, and he gives us people to do it with. He gives us a family to figure it out with. So there's far more I could say on these matters, but we promised a shorter service. So just let me challenge you with two things, whether you're here in the room or watching online today. Let me challenge you with two things. I challenge you first uh, to dig into God's word, seek out Paul's letter to the Galatians, to the church in Corinth, and some of the other great New Testament texts that have to do with explaining and unpacking what the church is and what our role is and what our call is. And I challenge you to get in the word for yourself because you don't have to take my word for it, do you? And then second, I challenge you as we move through the end of this summer and into this fall, and as you're thinking about these things and what it means to be a part of a church, I challenge you to find at least one and maybe more ways that you can be the church that you want to be a part of. Now, no body of Christ is perfect other than Jesus himself, right? We all still have issues. We're all human. We have shortfalls. So anytime Christians get together, there's going to be some things that need to be worked out from time to time. So I'm not saying that we can somehow make Emmanuel perfect or that you can make your own spiritual life perfect. But what if, what if you found a way to be the church that you want to be a part of in any area of the church where you might see that there's a need or a shortfall or a deficiency. Maybe you can be the one that gathers regularly for a purpose and that you can be the caring hands of Jesus Christ and the feet of Jesus Christ to those in our community, to those all around the world who need to know that this exists, that Jesus exists, that he loves them and has died for them. Maybe you can be the answer to the needs that you see in our own church. And oftentimes, uh, God gives certain people eyes to see those things, right? Sometimes we just leave it there. Uh, maybe God is giving you the ability to see something or see a need because he wants you to engage with that need and become equipped. So let's take this seriously as a church. Let's, let's be the church that we want to be a part of. Let's gather together. 
in a way that honors God, in a way that reminds us that we're not alone. And let's, let's care for each other as we see the church caring for one another in the scriptures and as we experience the incredible life-saving love and grace of Jesus Christ. May that move us to want to show that same love and grace to other people. Let's pray. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, uh, we thank you for these scriptures that you pr provided for us today, Lord. We thank you. We thank you for your body. We thank you for your plan to reach this world with the gospel. And that is the people that have heard it and received it. That is your body. That is the people. That is the church. Lord, I pray today that we would all um, be challenged by this message uh, to become uh, active in the church, to be part of a church that we want to be part of, right? To help, help be the change that we want to see in a way that is consistent with your love and grace and with your scriptures. Lord, I pray that this might stir some good things up some good fruit up in our community here at Emmanuel. And for those who cross our paths and those who visit, Lord, and for the, the way that we witness to the world around us. And Lord, I pray, um, I pray that we would just, we would discover a burning passion for what you have a passion for. Lord, I don't think you have created us and brought us together as your church um, to sit on our hands until Jesus returns. Lord, would you instill in us a passion for the things that you have a passion for. Lord, would you provide us with the gifts and the equipping and whatever it is that we need um, to engage in those passion areas that you've given us. And Lord, in your mercy, um, we pray that you would walk alongside of us through that process, which is bound to be messy and take time and maybe even be inconvenient. Um, Lord, your kingdom is worth it. Your gospel is worth it. Loving and knowing and serving Jesus Christ is worth it. So Lord, would you bring some resolve to our lives? And move us from point A to point B to point C as you lead us by the power of your Holy Spirit. And may Emmanuel be a place where people can go on that journey uh, and experience the Holy Spirit producing fruit in the way that you have called us uh, to engage and yield to the Holy Spirit. All these things we pray and we um, lift these up to you. And now we pray together the prayer that our Lord Jesus taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen.